0: Who is the number one driver at Ferrari? Is Formula One just a series of curses? Welcome to Tinfoil Helmets, your occasional spicy hot-take roundup of the latest F1 rumours, all with the almost believable conspiracy theories to back them up. Everything here is carefully researched for hours to make sure it is totally founded in logic, reason and truth. Or not. Who knows? Should we go straight into, uh, have we got anything right? I think we actually did get some things right this time around. We did. Uh, number one on the list is Liam is still in the car and does well.
1: I, I, I guess the, uh, yeah, there wasn't much in doubt he was still going to be in the car. The does well thing was a, bit, uh, was a bit suspicious, but I guess he was
0: technically the top finishing Alpha AlphaTauri this weekend. He was the top finishing Alpha AlphaTauri, but I think he did well. Apparently he was on a two-stop strategy which I think, given that he was on a two-stop across the whole race, that's actually a pretty good position. Um, and so credit for him. I think he's, he, he may be uh, outperforming expectations uh, for someone who was denied the seat last year because uh, apparently he didn't wasn't good enough for F1 and they picked Nick instead.
1: Uh, yeah, it was nice to see him. I mean, what, P11? That's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, uh, but let's not forget, um, this was also the race that we thought Nick DeBreeze really came alive and showed what he was capable of in Formula 1. So... Indeed. Monza is one of those tracks that's like very interesting. They were talking about this a little bit during qualifying of um, like uh, Brundle mentioned that Jackie Stewart thought Monza was harder to drive than the Nordschleife just because there were, because there were like so many corners at, at the green hell that like you can make up time in like any of them, but because there are so few corners in Monza and overall they're not complicated corners, like you have to get them exactly right. So it's very hard to get them exactly right. So it's, it's a bit of a challenging track to drive in that sense of the imagination.
0: I see that. That does make a bunch of sense. Yeah. Uh, when there's 140
1: corners, you can make up time in, you know, 135 of them. Well, if you go fast enough, you can make up times
0: in the one straight, too. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, next on the list. Uh, Leclerc re-signs with Ferrari at the beginning of the weekend, and then Ferrari are bad. No, but maybe it was Mercedes instead. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we should get half credit on this one, because, like, you know, really, it was the Mercedes drivers re-signed, and I think both of them had kind of miserable weekends.
0: It was a pretty boring weekend, and they, they, they underperformed what they should have done. So, uh, Next one was, Williams does really well, uh, and we think about taking Logan off the watch list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes on this. I think they did pretty well. Logan came in 13th, which is pretty good. Um, he
1: did get a five-second penalty in the middle of the race for something I'm not sure we ever saw, but it was just like... I had forgotten about that. You just like looked up and it was like five second penalty for Logan Sargent. It's like, what did he do? We're not even watching anything going on.
0: Uh, but I still, I still think nonetheless, 13th was pretty good, especially if you had a five second penalty because I'm pretty sure somebody was sitting right behind him.
1: Yeah. But we also said the Williams are going to be good at Monza, which actually struck me as very odd because at the very beginning of Q1, Ted was like, you know, I think we'll see the Williams out in Q1. I'm like, Ted, this is Monza and that's a slippery car. What are you thinking? Go read your notebook, Ted.
0: Go read your notebook. Uh so got half a point for that then?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay.
0: Uh, dry quality and dry race. Yes.
1: It was it was kinda nice but sad to see a dry race and a dry quality. Oh no, I was very
0: happy with it. I think it showed the real performance of all the cars and the drivers. It was great.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it was it was overall I think it was a good it was a good dry race because we've had some bad dry races in the past and this was at least a somewhat entertaining
0: dry race. Mm-hmm. Okay, last item on this list. uh, What is the Dutch performance in the cross-country skiing in the Winter Olympics? We explicitly asked you listeners to write in, and nobody did. So we still don't know the answer. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait until 2026 to find out. Indeed. And so uh, please tune in in our 2026 special Winter Olympics episode to find out the answer to this question. Pre-season testing in the Winter Olympics. Um, So, next one. uh, Between race drama? There was not much. No, it was very quiet. Not a lot happened.
1: Uh, Daniel's going to be out for a couple of weeks with his hands. I saw that he could like technically return in Singapore, but they're saying that probably not Singapore or Japan because they're just so complicated tracks to drive, which I understand.
0: Yeah. Uh, sucks for him. Uh, George and Lewis re-signed, uh, at the same time. I was not expecting George cause I thought he had another year on his contract. Um, interestingly for both of them, they signed until the end of 2025. Is this a hint that Mercedes is thinking of quitting the sport entirely? And unsure if George is worth signing for a three-year contract.
1: Yeah, I, I was kind of very interested about that too because you think it, it's definitely... Okay, let, it feels like Hamilton's last contract.
0: Yep. Uh, the regs change in 25 or 26? 26. 26 is the new year.
1: Yeah, so it definitely feels like either Hamilton's last contract or he's going to jump somewhere else for the 2026 regs.
0: Yeah, unless Merc fixed the car. Unless Merc fixed the car. For then.
1: Before then, yeah, we don't know. Uh, or it definitely also feels like... Maybe George isn't who they thought he was.
0: Indeed. Indeed.
1: If if there is a parallel to Alex Albon's appendix, it would be Lewis Hamilton getting COVID.
0: True. George did such a great job in such a great car because it was just a great car.
1: Yeah. That that he did he did very well in secure, but he did like that what the yeah, the secure GP, what that was. Which I, I liked that circuit. I want to see that yes. again. Um yes. the outer loop. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, I think he did, he did a great job, but maybe a bit overperforming.
0: performing I, I'm not willing to accept that because he's been pegged against Lewis basically ever since he got in the car. Like they've been, he's, he beat him all last year and he's been pretty level pegged this year. Last few week races, he hasn't been good. The question is, is that because Lewis isn't driving to his performance or Lewis is being matched in his performance because he's driving his wheels off it? I think it's mostly that Lewis isn't really trying that hard.
1: Yeah, but if Lewis isn't trying that hard and getting the measure of George, yeah, that's that's not a good look all around. Yeah,
0: I, I thought it was interesting in the fact that it was two years and not three years, but it also raises another question um, with McLaren and Ferrari and Red Bull making like five plus year contracts for all their drivers that they want to keep. I'm just it still continues to be surprising to me. Um, I, I still gonna lean on maybe Merck's thinking of quitting the sport.
1: But yeah, I could we'll find out. I could see that as well. Uh then hopefully maybe Ross Bar- Braun will buy the team again for a dollar and we can have Braun GP uh season two.
0: That would be amazing. That would be quite fun, that would. Yeah. Uh with with uh a Honda engine.
1: You know my favorite uh my favorite bit of Braun G P the chassis no, car number is zero 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 one. As in we're going to make ten thousand of these cars. That that he is so forward thinking yeah. and so positive
0: he thought it was gonna happen. So yeah. he's
1: still got a chance. Not not zero zero one. Not zero one. Not one
0: zero 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 one. Oh yes, the thousand year braun GP. Well, maybe they thought they could make more than one in a season. That's only five hundred years. Five hundred years of domination. We never got to see whether they could do a second season. Um Other drama, uh, Charles did an interview with the BBC on the subject of contracts, uh, where he basically said, if you read it, he's like, I will always be in a Ferrari. I will never drive anywhere else. And I'm just like, oh, come on, Charles. This
1: is pretty much on par of what he's been saying like the last, like, yeah. I know. Uh, You definitely get the feeling sometimes of like, we keep harping on about it feels like Charles is in an, abu- an abusive relationship with Ferrari, and definitely feel that sometimes of like, no, it's not me at fault, it's not them at fault, you know, or it's not them at fault, it's me, I'm the problem, I can do better, they won't hurt me again.
0: Charles, Charles, Charles. Um, one last item from Ferrari. Kind of sure we'll talk about them in the race too, but Ferrari yet again give McDonald's free advertising with their livery. They pick the suits that make the people look like they work at McDonald's. I have no problem with that, but if you're going to do that, you should make McDonald's pay for it. Um, as a second.
1: If you really want a thing you can never unsee is the German flag on the back of the
0: car. Oh dear god. Yeah no now I see it immediately. Yep. Yeah no 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 I hadn't seen that but now I see it. Yes. Yeah, Ferrari
1: Uber awesome. Alice here we go.
0: Yeah uh, my one last point on the livery is like it's, a, it's the opportunity for Ferrari to make their cars bright yellow and they don't because they're wimps and it's really annoying and someone told me or I read it or I heard it last year it's in my head yellow is actually the official Ferrari color. Yeah. The Ferrari being red is an Italian thing. And I'm like, this is your opportunity. But no. Is that the
1: Italian national racing color from like way back when? I believe so. I thought it was blue. And that's why we have blue Ferraris for a little bit. I have no idea. No, France is blue. Everybody's got blue somewhere. Italian national car
0: race color. Red. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, see? But but Ferrari's color is yellow. That's That's their thing. It's true,
1: yes. The US is blue and also white. Interesting. And I assume the UK is green. Uh yes, British Racing Green. So much so they created a special colour for it. British Racing Green is
0: a very good green. Eh, it does nothing for me. I have no particular love for that colour. Occasional segment does still have a job? Uh let's do it. Okay. Number one on this list, Lance Stroll. Looking dicey.
1: Yeah, that uh, like I think the his only saving grace this weekend is Alonso is also kind of nowhere.
0: Surely his true saving grace is he didn't get to drive in the car on one day because it was given to somebody else and it broke down, so he only got one free practice session. But I don't think that's an excuse for being that far down in the field.
1: If, If it was, like, a track that, you know, they rarely go to or anything like that, yeah, I'd say, like, yeah, sure, but, like, it's Monza. How many times has lance been around monza like via an f3 car or an f2 car
0: or an f1 car like it's monza or per your point at the beginning from jackie stewart it hasn't got very many corners i know you got to get them right but you don't have to really learn very many of them you just go in a straight line all the way how hard could this be as demonstrated by nick de vries last year who apparently drove a terrible car pretty well so uh yeah great question there so I, I think Lance still needs to be on this list because I think something's coming soon. I get, I get, I can get feel it in my bones.
1: It, it definitely feels like this is coming to a T of something's going to happen because I, I think sadly we've reached a point where Lawrence has to be like, do I want my son to have a drive or do I want to win?
0: Logan Sargent, uh, I said, do not a terrible race, but per po, your point earlier, maybe he, maybe he didn't really do anything to save his save his drive for next year. I think the real question there is going to be is who replaces him. I think that's pretty hard. I you know, it's going to be whoever wins the um F2 championship. <gasps> Frederic Vasti, a Mercedes young driver, I believe is in the lead and won a won the F2 sprint race yesterday. I don't know what happened to him today, but maybe he cuz Mercedes and they've got the engine and that's where they place them, so maybe that's what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, but there was a comment a couple uh, like a couple months ago I think of Williams being like we're not going to be a Mercedes B team with the drivers, so I think that's a little harder to say that he's going to get thrown in there, but it's it's definitely a possibility. it's It's not going to be the the uh It's not going to be
0: like what George had anymore. Uh, and I believe the next item on this list for a questionable job performance is from you. Would you like to lead with this one? Yes, the Monza Police Department, or I guess what the
1: Italian national federal police, however, they... Polizia
0: Department. Exactly.
1: Uh, there was there was a little bit of some controversy that popped up on the Twitters because I'm not calling it by its other name. Um of apparently on going on under the tunnel that enters the track George I think overtook uh, Alex by like going the wrong way on the road and there was like no real reason to do it Uh, and Alex thought the police should have talk to him about something and the police were like, Oh look, it's George. Hey. Uh, And then, yeah. uh, So Alex was pretty upset about that. And there's some lovely shade at George of Alex actually goes and parks his own car and doesn't just hand the keys off to the trainer to go park his car. Um, So yeah, George is quickly falling down my list of like favorite drivers on the grid. He is quickly becoming my least favorite driver on the grid between like his off track seeming of entitledness and on track seeming of entitledness. Of I thought we were forecasted for a podium.
0: <laughs> that was that was so bad last week.
1: Oh, and uh, then and then these, this this week was the um, was the hey, uh, George. We uh, we think you should go like strat mode six or something. And it's like, can you see? There's a car
0: right behind me. Uh, he also, when he was doing the press push after his resigning his contract, he said it, he decided to re-sign with Mercedes to reward Mercedes for supporting him, which is just like. I get that there's, you know, there's a certain part that you want to be like loyal, but that's not how you phrase it, George. You don't phrase it like that. You listen to your engineer when he tells you to look after your engine, and you don't drive, You definitely don't drive on the wrong side of the road going through a tunnel. Psh.
1: I mean, it can always be the British of That's I thought the side we were supposed to drive on.
0: True, especially if he's driving in a place that he hasn't really driven before. I mean normally he doesn't normally he just drives into people anyway, so what does he get? is
1: it, you made an interesting comment there about the engine. I'm wondering how much of his engine going kaboom in Australia was actually his fault and not uh,
0: anytime a car goes bang from a driver from a manufacturer whose engines usually are pretty reliable, the first question I ask is has the driver been driving it correctly? Mercedes engines tend not to go bang. Uh, Ferrari engines go bang, so clearly no matter what the driver does, it's gonna go bang anyway. Red Bull engines are pretty reliable, and they shouldn't go bang, and Max doesn't blow his engines up, but Perez does. Yuki didn't get to the grid today. Yeah, I think that might have been his driveshaft and or his gearbox, which arguably is also from Red Bull. Yeah, he was stuck in gear or something, but... uh, Should we move on to the quality recap? Sure. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to start with Lewis, yet again, out in Q2. Uh, whatever is screwing with his vibe, he needs to fix it, because he looks ridiculous. You can't... He can't For the sake of the rest of the sport, he can't keep being outqualified by George. I should be privileged that you get to drive with me, Russell. Not acceptable.
1: This does feel a little bit like Lewis signed a contract and then forgets how to drive for a week.
0: Yeah, indeed. And so hopefully, maybe we'll see Singapore. We'll get back Super Lewis.
1: I mean, he has put in some amazing laps in
0: Singapore. He has. Uh, George stated after qualifying that he was able to qualify so well because he accepted the car for what it was and did not try to get the best setup out of it uh, which i thought was a very weird way to say it Um, and i can't work out whether he's again trying to throw shade slash manipulate against lewis that's some wonderful like driver nonsense speak yes it is i thought it was very strange
1: Accepted the car for... I'm not even going to try to dig into that. Um, I thought it was interesting, especially having watched the race now, of uh, just how much I think the Red Bulls do not give a shit
0: about qualifying anymore. No, they don't. They don't. They really don't. I, have, I have a comment on that in the spicy hot take section for later. Uh, but yes, I agree. And I think it's fascinating. Uh,
1: there was interesting stat that we're, I'm just going to say now that apparently we've had seven different lap one leaders this season. Huh which is insane to think about that we're at like race 15 with max winning 12 of them or yeah 12 or max yeah max winning 12 no it's so a race 14 max winning 12 sergio winning two uh and we've had seven different lap one leaders piastri oh I, uh signs yeah max uh That's four. george didn't george stick it on pole no no did he I can't remember. But either way, like we've had seven different lap one leaders or at least leaders by the end of lap one.
0: Hmm. I think that's very curious. I think that's, uh, I think it has, lends more into the weight that uh, uh, Red Bull don't do anything with their car for qualifying. They just, you know, make sure it doesn't go bang.
1: I also think it's also uh, Max is not trying to win the race on T1 lap one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very, like, sure, go ahead, overtake me. I have really good DRS and everything else, and I'll just and today was just an example of sure, go ahead, lead the race. I'll just wait for you to screw up and then come screaming by. As he does every week. And then off into the distance. Exactly.
0: Uh so Aston and Alpine both had like no speed at all. No, they did. I I was very curious about what happened to Alpine, actually. I know that their engine's supposed to be down, but I feel like they were just that,
1: that was their their reasoning of our engine sucks.
0: See, 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 FIA, you we can't freeze the engines. The engine, oh, you see, they're just playing it. Was that your tinfoil moment that you weren't mentioned before the show? Uh, maybe that they intentionally drove badly so that they could get a uh, uh fix on their engine.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've said it before. I think having a, a horsepower cap and saying just meet this horsepower however you can, if you need to you know throw a heavier engine at it, go for it. If but if you can do it with a lighter, more fuel efficient engine. I think that make it very interesting, and at least have the car still be somewhat level. But
0: actually, but also like there's still a clear advantage. Exactly, I completely agree. Uh, Aston had no speed. I don't know what to say about it. I was expecting more from them, to be brutally honest, especially especially after they had such good free practices. I think it's also one of those
1: things of there are really no other tracks on the calendar like Monza. Maybe we'll see. I would say, like, maybe Vegas, but, like, we haven't raced there yet. And also, it's a street circuit, so that's always just going to be a little different. But, like, there's really no other lap. Like, hey, just put no downforce on the car or as little as possible and see how fast you can go. And I'm wondering if that's just, like, the one weak spot of the Aston Martin. If they just knew they weren't going to be the best at Monza and dealt with it.
0: Yeah, they were so they were so reasonable last week. They were on the podium, right, last week. Yeah yeah so reasonable and then it's just all disappeared so it's going to be interesting to see if that plays out yeah all right to the race race recap uh, let's start out with the sad moment of yuki having his car go bang and smoke peel pour out of the cockpit on the formation lap that really sucks then two more forma- formation laps after that the, i was i was i was watching it Seeing, oh, they're going to get the car. Maybe they can do it. No, they need to do it. And then they wouldn't let the engineers onto the track. And I'm like, somebody's car is going to go pop and their wheels are going to go bang. But apparently they didn't. And we had no other retirement. So I was surprised by that. Alcon retired. Did he? Yeah. Well, that was a total non-race. I totally missed that that happened. Well, Alpine. Poor Alcon. Well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, I thought overall for the race, before we get into all the details, uh, it was a really scrappy race and not in a good way. Like, you see races that, like, they get scrappy and they're all up inside on everybody and they're trying to get it. I I felt this was not not so much a war of attrition, but, like, people just getting tired and being done with it. You saw people locking up. You saw people ducking on the inside, ducking on the outside, then, you know, missing it and going over the runoff, and then people intentionally just going over the runoff and then getting caught with it, and the people saying, oh, he pushed me off when they were literally 30 feet away. Bunch of whiners.
1: yeah, there was uh, there's definitely some fun moments. Uh, I, I feel like maybe since Max parked it on top of Lewis, um, people have been a little bit less aggressive in turn one two complex at Monza um i don't know if you're watching the uh, the sky sports broadcast but it was very funny anytime anything happened in that first turn because martin was like nope that's all fine it's always fine and it just got to i was watching it with a friend and it just got to be like somebody could pull out like a shotgun and start shooting at the other driver and martin just be, be like oh well you know turn one at monza these things happen like you know it's, it's all fine it's just a racing incident like it, that's how it started to feel for sure
0: it it, it was it was a little ridiculous and I don't know. I, the thing that really got me was how close most of the cars were. Like, they were really close. Like um,
1: they... I think with how those those curbs are set up in the turn 1-2 complex, that there were a lot of times where it's like, I can continue going inward, but I have no space, and it's just easier to, to cut out of the, the corner and, you know, cry foul uh, than anything else. So I, I think some of those curbs are a bit um,
0: aggressive. Yeah, but... They should just, the drivers need to deal with it better. Um, and I feel like they changed that corner for one of the other formulas. I think it was WEC, so that it didn't have the straight on bit and it had the grass bit instead. And I felt the grass bit was bigger than it is now. And so it like it, it discouraged you from taking that short line. Because if you you either made the, the sausage and hit it and bad things happened, or you had to go through the foam things because your brakes failed. Yeah. But this one seemed wider so that you could get through it. I, I feel like people took advantage of that, and I didn't like it. Didn't I didn't like it at all.
1: I don't know who did it, but I did notice that one of the foam things was flattened. Oh, interesting. I, I Yeah, uh, after Charles did his no-risk lockup on the last lap, uh, I, I I was looking at that runoff going, hmm, one of those foam things has been destroyed. So I don't know who destroyed the foam thing, but somebody destroyed a foam
0: thing. Probably Perez, because probably he just kept driving through it all the time. Uh... Double five-second penalty for Merck. Yeah. By bad driving by both of them, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. That wasn't great. Uh, I think uh, Lewis's was, was the one that's like... It's, it was a classic Lewis penalty situation, and I just don't know whether he doesn't know how to use his rearview mirrors or not. It was classic.
1: classic. When I first saw that impact, I was convinced Lewis was going sideways, spinning into a barrier. I'm amazed he
0: I, held it. Yes. Him. I was yeah, like... he was uh, just spot on spot on car handling yeah
1: I, I i saw the bump and go oh here we go La- uh, late race safety car like this is going to get interesting and it's like oh no oh they're just they're just continuing on oh okay and then oscar piastri ruined um max's day by putting on softs and getting a fastest lap <laughs> uh and that means max has now dropped 24 points in the championship
0: he's dropped 24 yes in total
1: yes as in the maximum amount of points that max could achieve he has lost 24 of them that's ridiculous
0: that's ridiculous
1: he is let yeah he hasn't even dropped a race win he's still averaging something like 25.2 points per race weekend does that include the sprint weekend yes that's why i said per weekend
0: okay
1: yeah like he's averaging more than a race win a weekend it's
0: insane ridiculous Um. Onto Perez did more to put Daniel in Red Bull than anything else Daniel has done recently.
1: Yes, this this is like if if I have a take from the weekend, this this is it, of that Perez did more to put Daniel in the car than Daniel has done in
0: the last eighteen months. Um, so, if other we, than binning it, while, while on, in free practice, what was your why was your take there? If you if, what do we know about Daniel Ricardo? He is the
1: last of the late breakers, right? And true. Every like it took Perez so long to get around George and so long to get around Signs, and you what? And he was trying to go around the outside every time, and he would break at like the hundred and twenty, hundred and ten meter board, and you just see the other car come like screaming up the inside and like still able to make the corner just fine, and he was clearly not like. He was, he was not the last of the late breakers by any stretch of the imagination. He kept trying to go around the outside uh, on George, and it wouldn't work. And then he finally said, oh, let me try up the inside, and that worked. And then he got to have to do the same thing against Carlos, and he kept trying to go around the outside and kept not realizing why it didn't work. And then he suddenly tried to chuck it up the inside and goes, oh, that worked. So he doesn't remember what lessons he's tried to learn during the race, and he was breaking so much earlier than everybody else. He,
0: he, I was watching that early braking and being like, what, what is going on? But I was, re- I was reminded in the back of my mind, the little fairy came to me and said, but Paris has complained that he doesn't like the brakes in that car, and I reckon that has to be what it is. He doesn't, he doesn't like the the way it brakes and therefore can't cope with it. Whereas Max loves it because Max is amazing, uh, and that that has to be at least part of the reason behind why he kept doing that. But that lack of adaptation is the is the really the the make or break there for me.
1: Yeah, like i have no what is a different f1 braking like how brakes grab the rotors how do they grab differently is it like the travel of the pistons or something or
0: i i my understanding is it's the efficiency of how it works right and if you and if it's predictable and linear in the way that it breaks then it works Then you can you can work with that but when it's not predictable you don't know how it's going to break so you might you don't get that linear response you might get um or maybe you want a nonlinear response and you're getting a linear response, but how you put the pressure on it and how it goes through it's interesting because all those uh pedals it's braked by wire right there's no real connection with the thing and so i'd have thought that if it's truly about the feel, you could fix that but then you've got to have the correlation or the you've got to tie the feel to what actually happens, otherwise you just drive it around in a sim car
1: uh this is very much a uh I could be chucked in a race car and do just as good moment. But I'm thinking like, well, you know, I've gotten off an airplane and hopped in a rental car that breaks differently from how my car breaks. And, you know, it takes a couple minutes to figure it out, but then you get it down pretty quickly. Like, but I guess we're also not talking about the same sort of margins, but at the same point, it, Indeed. at the same point in time, he's been in that car for two and a half a seasons now, now. Mm-hmm.
0: like figure out how the car breaks, man. It is interesting and I think it's one of the paradoxes of F1 and people getting used to cars and I think you know Lewis sees a little bit of it or you see a little bit of it with Lewis right now is like okay so the cars of the car and you know you have to work with the setup and learn to adapt to it but a Perez doesn't seem to be doing that especially with braking so
1: Yeah but this okay. is one of those things that always seems to separate the the good drivers from the great drivers like as as much as I like Sebastian B- Vettel as a person I don't think he is one of the greatest drivers because he didn't really show that he could adapt to different cars. He was very good in that one formula and that's about it. Um, You know, he had some wins here and there, but let's be honest, he never really challenged Lewis for the championship. Um, And then on the flip side, you have guys like Schumacher, Lauda, Lewis, Max, who just can get the best out of any car they are in.
0: That's why I want to see Max in a new type of car. I want to see something radically different. Well, I
1: mean, he had some very interesting comments uh, this time or around in the press circuits this week of like, you know, he doesn't know how much longer he wants to do Formula One of like, once you win a world championship, what more is there? Like, it's like, cool, now you're just collecting numbers, but you've already done it. So like, it's nothing new and interesting. And it sounds like he does want to go do something else at some point in time. And let's not forget, he's been in Formula One for, my friend and I were talking about this, like nine seasons at this point in time. Like he's 25 years old and spent and been in Formula One for nine seasons.
0: He he will no path at the end of 2028. He will, it will, it will come out in 2027 that he's just not going to resign because he's got all the things and he doesn't care anymore and he's going to leave.
1: Yeah. And I, I think there's some I truth think. to that of like, like, what can you do? Like at seven world championships, like Lewis or, or Mick, like, or Michael, like that's, that's cool and all, but it's, it's like, I think, I think if, if, I think if he were to quit today, we'd still regard him as one of like the greatest F1 drivers of all time. You know, similar of like... I mean,
0: just, just like we do with Fernando, right? Fernando won two and is amazing and we think he's great.
1: And, and Senna, like there's the question of like, how much did Michael get to win seven because Senna was no longer on the grid?
0: Indeed, indeed. Uh, next item in the list?
1: Oh yeah, we're still talking about that.
0: Uh, I thought Perez closed down uh, Max real quick right at the very end, maybe in the last five laps but you've added here there's a note that Max had an issue?
1: Yeah, there was something that came out on uh, what there's Engine Mode Dan who was like a former Red Bull mechanic or something like that and he was saying that I think he saw heard something on, he was listening to like the team radios or something like that. And GP was kind of, Hey Max, like bring it home easy. Like you have a, you have like a 12 second gap, you know, bleed some time. Like there was something of, they didn't want the engine to go pop or something like that. Cause it was what 43 C today. So it was a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think, so he, I think had a small issue that like they were, they were just managing to be like, okay, well we've got this sewn up, you know, take three seconds off your lap time. You'll still bring it home with a good lead. And, um, and we won't have to worry about blowing up the car.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Maybe grid penalty incoming? Maybe. That would make that would make Singapore more interesting. It would, uh, but he'd still win anyway. Uh Liam moves ahead Nick and Daniel in the standings. I find this hilarious. He did? Um I, I, less the fact that he's moved ahead of Daniel, but I find it hilarious that he moved ahead of Nick who had what was it? 10 races? 12 yeah, races? Something like that. 12 races. Ridiculous. Um Classic Alex Albon defending. I think he did a great job. He's very good at that. Um, And I'm surprised that nobody's got the measure of him yet.
1: Uh, It's very interesting that uh, it looks to be that the strategy coming from Williams is pit Alex early, get him in free track, undercut everybody, and say, come past me.
0: (laughs) And it works for them.
1: And it works.
0: It's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, Like, yeah, the only thing that got past him was Lewis on different rubber. uh, And, you know, kind of bleeding into the next point of, the McLarens had nothing.
0: Yeah, it was they were they were nowhere, and they had a good free practice on Friday FP two. They I think Norris was second, I think. Yeah, uh, in the total in the thing. So clearly the car was n- not set up properly, or maybe the car just didn't have it in it. Yeah. it's interesting. It's actually per your point about Aston, I do wonder whether there's something that they There's something that they're borrowing from the other teams, e.g., Red Bull in terms of design influence that they don't fully understand. That causes this outcome here. Although you could make a certain argument that Red Bull were not the fastest around this track, it's not that they ran away with it. Um, well, maybe towards the end, I argue they ran problem. away
1: with it pretty well.
0: Yeah, fair point. But, I, I retract my point.
1: Like the the thing was that like both Mac, both Max and Checo were able to follow the Ferraris very closely, like never getting out of DRS range. And then as soon as they did finally make their passes, Max by just waiting for Carlos to burn out his tires and screw up. Uh to and Checo oh, realizing he can actually break later. Um that, you know, they they just left off into the distance. Max was out of or Carlos was out of Max's DRS range in a lap, if that.
0: Oh, less than that. He
1: put like three less seconds into him in about four laps. Like it, it was insane. And then once Checo got past, he put much more time into, into them as well. So I think it's one of those things of, yeah. But also <laughs>
0: It just goes fast. It, it did occur to me as I watched that happen with Carlos and the fact that they'd been trying so close right behind them and just were basically stuck until they could find somebody to make a mistake for them to get past. I did reflect on how everybody said that Merck used to design their cars to only be lead in the front. And while I don't think that's necessarily what Red Bull done, I think there may actually be something about the aero in that car that when it's in front it's ridiculous but when it's behind people it's only just very good
1: yeah i think there's still some dirty air especially with what some of the regulations they changed for this season uh but yeah no it's it's yeah i mean those car, every car works better in free air but yeah they're uh they're definitely in a league of their own once they came past but the fact that they could also follow like if we remember back the mercs could not follow anything you no, got, they couldn't you got in front of them and you could really ruin their race
0: exactly uh, next item uh where did the astons go we- i think the answer is nowhere yeah so we kind of already covered that right
1: we did okay
0: uh charles uh, doesn't know what takes no risk means
1: uh i love this this was awesome did did you remember this bit i think bit? i missed i think i missed this so uh like a lap to like coming in to see the the last to get the last lap i would say checkered flag but that's the end and there's no white flag in formula 1 so coming in to, the bell lap the last lap um there was a team radio that popped up, uh, where Javi was like, uh, take no risks. We're happy with this position. No risks, no risks. And then, uh, Charles has like the biggest lockup going into turn one, like trying to dive bomb, uh, uh, Sir, uh um, Carlos. And it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> you <laughs> take no risk. I get it.
0: I, I was really shocked by how hard they were going at that. And I felt that I wonder if something has changed at Ferrari because I feel like every other race we've watched in the last year and a half, Ferrari would have been on the radio is like, hold station, hold station. Or in, in fact, sorry, let me take that back. As soon as Charles got within even a striking distance of Carlos, it would have been move over, let Leclerc pass, let Leclerc pass. But no, no, they just let them go at it. Hammer. Well, not let, but they. Nobody's screaming on the radio for them to stop. So
1: it definitely felt suddenly like the there can only be one Ferrari driver on the podium at Monza, and it's going to be me.
0: Exactly, exactly. If we can't take the win, we'll take a podium. Yeah,
1: which if we want to actually answer any of the questions we ask at the top of the show of who is the number one driver at Ferrari,
0: I think the number one driver is Charles. But the driver who is driving the fastest and most consistently. Is Carlos.
1: Is, uh, who's leading in the
0: standings? Uh, that is an excellent question. I don't know. As we Google this, because, we,
1: again, we always research things ahead of time.
0: Exactly. It's research for the most plausible information.
1: Results and standings. Oh, it's 117 to 111 in
0: favor of Carlos. See? No, number one driver on track, but the number one driver is Charles.
1: I mean, Charles is always the number one driver in our hearts. He's not in my heart. That's true, me either. He's a good he's a good driver though. He
0: is a good one lap driver. Charles has had 3 retirements this season to Carlos's 1. That's interesting. Which is a big switch from last year where Carlos forgot to how to drive a car past turn turn 1. Oh yeah. Uh, last item in the race recap, uh Toto had some comments about Wikipedia
1: oh this was fantastic of uh toto's comment on uh max getting 10 consecutive race wins is, that is that's only for wikipedia nobody actually cares we had two drivers that were fighting each other for you know all all the time we were dominating and it's like yeah you would have loved if
0: lewis got 10 in a row uh as i sent in text message given half a chance they would have printed up the t-shirts look at you split if they had been a mercedes with 10 in a row yeah did they uh did they do anything with lewis's hundredth no, but they did make special eight Constructor Championship shirts. Well, that, yeah, and that's just, that's even something more for Wikipedia. Exactly. Who can, why are you trying to win another one, Toto? Shouldn't this just be a hippie lovin'? Uh, highly recommend for all the Toto fans out there, they should listen to Desert Island Discs. Uh, it was actually quite interesting to hear Toto.
1: There is definitely something going on with Toto of like, Toto not having the fastest car is a very different Toto than Toto not having the fastest car.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's very strange. It's very strange.
1: Like, no matter what you might think of Christian Horner, we always get the same Christian Horner, whether or not it's the fastest car or the least fastest car. And, you know, so it's very interesting to then see that with with Toto, who's really only ever been a team principal with, like, the fastest car.
0: Indeed. Christian Horner wears a heart on his sleeve. It's just the same heart and may not be his. Yeah. Toto wears his heart on his sleeve, and you know it's his.
1: I have to say, I really don't like... um who the the mercedes communications director being like our pit wall representative because everything is just like so polished and pr and communications directory and it's not like it's not like gunter of like so you know what's going to happen with the hash drivers i don't know they're terrible (laughs) like
0: so you say that but it is nice to hear somebody who has actually thought about how to present the message and have the right conversation he clearly taught James Vowles because James Vowles does a pretty good job for Williams when he's on the pit wall. Uh, but it's, it's nice to hear that at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, but but I don't want the polished answers of like, oh, yes, this looks to be an optimal strategy for the drivers. And we hope Lewis can close it in on these mediums. You know, yes, he's going to have to do a little bit of tire management. You know, I prefer like the Christian Horners and the Gunther Steiners just being like, well, we're just going to go race a car and see what the hell happens. I don't know.
0: That's why we're here every weekend. We're here to race a car and see what the hell happens. Or,
1: or laughing at somebody's bad luck, which happens so much. Oh, very... very exactly. That's why we love F1. And wait, any, before we get to Task Rumors, anything else you want to talk about on the race?
0: I don't think so. I thought it was... As I say, it was scrappy. And I don't, didn't not enjoy it, but I also didn't... It left no special place in my heart.
1: Would you like to give it a rating out of 10? 7. I'd go like a 6.
0: Oh, spicy.
1: Yeah. Like, it it was good. And I guess maybe, like, what, Zanvort had the most overtakes of any race ever of all time in Formula One. So to go from that to, like, a race to where people were kind of just holding station behind the people in front of them and, like, yeah. So it was a little bit of, I guess, slightly disappointing. But, like, you know, Ferrari have a one-lap car, and they put their one-lap car in a good one-lap position. And then the Red Bull went, lol, we only set up our cars for the races. Bye and that that's kind of what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he, he, we've had bo- I, we've had bo- more boring races earlier in the season. But for some reason something about this race was just unsatisfying and I can't I can't quite quantify it. I'm really surprised they didn't pull in Charles before signs to try to undercut Max. Yeah, t- I, they didn't know what they were doing. They were they were they, they were so confused because I think they thought that they had the pace and therefore they didn't have to think about it, but they didn't really have.
1: To yeah, think. and then Max went past them and went, "Oh, we don't have the pace."
0: Indeed
1: alright let's uh let's talk about any sort of crazy rumors we and predictions we might have uh
0: my spicy take which we've kind of talked a little bit about but uh is that Ra- red bull's choice to set their cars up for race day is what really hampers perez he did well today driving on the race but he had to work for it max however is a brilliant qualifier uh, in fact in some ways like lewis used to be right and so Irrespective of like what that means for other teams within the team and why Perez keeps not quite being able to, they convert, is he can't qualify as well as Max. Not because the setup can't be driven there, but because of that bias towards racing, Max will just go wring its neck and go sort it out. And I, I think it's, I think that's a, a, a disadvantage. And I do wonder what that means for anybody else that you place in that car, whether they'll be at exactly the same disadvantage.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting because I think in the old formula the car was definitely a little bit more set up for qualifying than race pace and they had they're just so dominant right now that like you just set it up for for race pace and
0: whatever we get out of quality we get out of quality yeah and they know that they're not going to be bad in quality it's not like it's the car's going to be down in 10th it's just not going to be you have to work it to get it on pole and i think you're right when previous years they would have set the car up to easily get to pole and hope that they can just hold it throughout the race uh, just as a
1: quick aside, um, Japan is still the earliest possible for Max to win the World Drivers' Championship. Qatar is still the most likely. If if Max and somehow... If if Sergio has just an absolute pitiful Singapore or Japan, it could be shifted to the Qatar Sprint Race, which would be like the most thing to happen since F1 introduced Sprint Race if somebody clinches the World Driver Championship in a Sprint Race. How terrible would that be?
0: I am now rooting for that. Yeah, right? I need that to happen. Right
1: uh constructors championship singapore still the earliest possible um if Merk like if Merk have a double dnf and red bull score 44 the maximum 44 points they'll wrap it up uh but japan is most likely based on averages
0: plausible predictions
1: uh are any of them plausible uh
0: well i start with lewis going out in q1
1: well that would certainly help the uh red bull constructors championship uh, hopes because Merck is coming up fast behind them uh, amok second now I think, I think they are. They've been second for a while. They have they have 273... No, you're right. You're right.
0: You're right. For some reason, I thought Aston Martin were ahead of them, but then I forgot about Lance Stroll.
1: For, for reference, uh, Red Bull are at 583 points. Max Verstappen is at 364
0: points. Uh, Mercedes is at 273 points. Wow. Uh, the reason I put this in here is I feel like the car is going to go very badly at Singapore because it's going to be bouncy and it's going to end badly and Lewis is going to end up getting screwed by something. There's a new layout this year of Singapore too. Yes, they've tweaked one of the corners, right? Yeah, they're the... building a building or something and can't use uh, Then I think George is going to get P3 in this race just because...
1: With how you've written this, I read it as George pulls out of the race while in P3. Oh, that
0: would be amazing. I'd love that. But no, I think he's just going to get on the podium in P3.
1: <laughs> we should put that in parentheses and just, you know, have have both options there of like... Yes yes george exits the race while in p3 george gets a p3 um perez wins that's a that's a prediction
0: yeah I, I the reason i just say this is i feel like max has to stop at some point and it's a street circuit and we know that perez is the king of street circuits so that's 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 why i'm putting in there
1: i'm still thinking if max keeps winning i think he's going to win all the way to interlagos
0: yeah i think you're right but i've got to hold on to something
1: uh, Vettel was saying he thinks they should go for 12 because he feels like 12 is somehow untouchable.
0: If you're going to go for 12, why not just go for the everything?
1: Uh, on the one hand, I would hate to see them win every single race this year, but like, it would be so cool to see of like, just an absolute, like,
0: pole to pole, to pole uh, domination. Uh, the, the question really has to be at that point, what will the stat quotas do? Cause that's like, it's an un- basically actually Red Bull will be unbeatable. Then We need to wait for the driver to win every race. Because uh, Perez won some this year, and then the stats people have nothing to talk about anymore. Like, there's no more stat that they can do.
1: It, it, well, the, I mean, the consecutive win record can keep going because you could do it across seasons. True. But as far True. as like, as far as like every race in a season and season win percentage, it could only be tied. It could never be beaten. It's it's like a hundred nine yard kickoff return in the NFL. It's a record that's only tied. It cannot be beaten.
0: Indeed. Uh, next item on this list, I, I think Lawson is going to be announced that he's going to be in the Alphatory for the rest of the year, and that Danny needs more time for his hand to recover. What I didn't write here because I didn't want to be a total Debbie Downer. I think this is the end of Danny's career. I don't think if, you, I think if Lawson gets stuck in that car for the rest of the season, Danny's never coming back.
1: I think that's fair. Personally, I'd like to see uh, Danny in F one or not F one NASCAR. I think that would be absolutely fantastic for him.
0: Can he do that now with having to hold that steering wheel in that same position for so long with his hand? Is it possible anymore?
1: I mean, he's got two hands.
0: True, true, true. And I don't think you would need both of them. Says
1: us who have never driven a stock car.
0: Exactly. Never driven a car at that number of Gs at the best of times. Uh,
1: I have a a non-Red Bull winner. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want to try to be bold. And if anything, uh, if there's any circuit where I think this could happen, I think it's Singapore just because, you know, if you get a safety car at the wrong time and then have to overtake, like they could be on the back foot. So I think it could, you know, definitely... There could be some, and Singapore has been known to have some weather chaos for sure. So I think, you know, you you throw any of those races, it's it's the best chance for the, the rest of the grid to uh, come even with the Red Bulls because everything is going to be crazy or everything could be crazy. Do you have a prediction of
0: who that might be?
1: Poetically, it'd be great if it was Fernando Alonso. Yes. And the question there is, will straw crash? <laughs> There, that's, that's the rumor. That's the tinfoil helmet moment of Lance Stroll, desperate to save his job at Aston Martin, crashes, allowing Fernando Alonso to get a better safety car uh, pit lane in chaotic conditions, and he wins the race.
0: The only way that would be more perfect if it turns out that Flavio Briatore is at the race.
1: No, the only way it would turn out to be more perfect if it was all an accident and none of it was like, (laughs) like like (laughs) scripted in any way. It just happens. That would be Uh, how it would be uh, uh, absolutely perfect, is if if somehow we recreate Crashgate just, like, with actually it all, like,
0: being legit. I give it a good chance that this could actually happen, but unintentionally.
1: That would be... Oh, that would be so funny. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, man. I love it. I'm now really rooting for that to happen. I'm going to put that in our notes of a
0: legit Crashgate. So as he types that up, uh, I'll read out Andrew's last prediction... Uh, which I don't think is very controversial at all, uh, is a time limit race. And given it's Singapore, it's going to happen. Uh, Maybe not, but yeah.
1: I'm I'm thinking we're going to hit the two-hour mark. Because if you get any sort of rain or anything, I think it could hit the two-hour
0: mark. Yeah, and I think rain is uh, uh, pretty likely. Uh, This season, absolutely. Anything else? Any more plausible predictions for Singapore? Uh, Who knows when that podcast will come out? Indeed, it's going to be fun because um, one of our team members not me, we'll be traveling in a far off time zone, (laughs) even further than the time zone I'm currently in, and we'll have no idea how we're going to make it work. But we will make it work because we are committed to you, our loyal listeners.
1: I mean, you can record your half on your own and I'll record my half on my own and just splice it together in the edit, right? Oh, dear God. (laughs) It only takes me so long to do the edit. I'm not. No. No. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to Tinfoil Helmets. We are at always waiting your feedback, if you have any for us. Or you just want to compliment how good of an F1 podcast this is. Feel free to write to us in at feedback at tinfoilhelmets.com. Or, because we know that most of you just know us, send us a text. We'll we'll read that too.
0: Uh, no, no, no. I want an email. Somebody you want an, an email? a legitimate email. All right, a legitimate
1: yes. email. We want this email to have purpose. We have a domain. Let's use it. Feedback at tinfoilhelmets.com. And also... Don't forget to tell your friends to listen, like, rate, and subscribe, because we weirdly want more listeners on this thing. I think it's been fun. I think it's fun. I'm enjoying it.